This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You shut up, Hawkins. Bookie presents Shake Them Ropes. Use code ROPES. Double your first deposit. Shake Them Ropes. Jeff. Chris. Chris. <laughs> Jeff. Chris. Jeff. <laughs> Recovering from the week. I have watched so much TV this week that my eyes have been hurting. And before we taped this show, I needed to lay down. Uh, like my eyes were just like, I'm done looking at stuff. I wasn't even really tired. Uh, it was just around like 6 PM. My eyes were like, I'm done. We're not staring at anything more. You need to just close them and we need to be done for right now. And, and I rallied and, and I'm here, but, uh, there's been so much TV. I shut off Twitter for election week. <laughs> I don't yeah, have that luxury. I'm making video content over on YouTube now. If you look up Don't Worry About the Government, you can also find it uh, on the at DWATG Twitter account. So I have to keep following what's going on in the news here. But uh, I wish that it was over. And I would just like, not, not even because of outcomes, I just want an outcome so that I can move on and write about something other than this. I'll I'll give you something uh not this to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I this is the not this show. N- unbeknownst to some people, I think I've mentioned it on this show a few times. Um, growing up, a lot of kids had Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the game. I had the James Bond role playing game, so I am a huge, huge James Bond fan. Of course, Sean Connery passed away. Uh, I believe Saturday at the age of ninety. Uh, are are you a, a Bond guy at all? Or am, are you a Sean Connery fan? I am a fan? Bond guy. I am absolutely one hundred percent a Bond guy. I, I mean, if you remember, for a long time, my icon on Twitter was Doctor Nove, and it was like actually Doctor No, and I just like wrote in Doctor Nove over it. Um, no, I'm I'm a big fan of james bond i i like i love 60s spy caper stuff like i like the avengers a lot so uh when diana rigg passed that was rough uh diana rigg was also very fun in her bond movie as well uh yeah but sean connery dude like he he's bond See, Con- yeah Con- connery had the connery had the luxury of when they were making the movies, they pretty much kind of jumbled a bunch of plot points from different books and put them together in a movie. And so the law of declining expectations, by the time Roger Moore was done, they, they had like nothing from the original source material. And of course, poor like Timothy Dalton. And I love the Pierce Brosnans. Um, yeah, no, GoldenEye is really cool. I mean, it's like deliciously campy now and it's very 90s now, but... Goldeneye was also cool. And like was you've got to remember too that it had like this legendary video game support behind the movie. 
sneaky underrated in the canon. I know everybody loves Goldfinger. Yeah, uh, uh, of I love From Russia with Love. Also I lo- great because I love Robert Shaw as uh, Donovan Red Grant. Um, other movies in the, I think the jetpack in that movie is one of my favorite. Yeah. like Sean Connery cue devices that he has. That's always been like one of the ones that I think about when I think about like you know cue tech. Um, non-Bond Connery films, of course, the modern ones everybody loves. You know, The Highlander, The Rock, uh, The Untouchables. I love a Sidney Lumet film by the by the uh, called The Hill. Uh, with him and Ossie Davis uh, playing British soldiers who are uh, POWs. And, and uh, it, it's kind of a guards versus the inmates type thing. And a little, there's, you know, a little uh, rebelling against the system and how far can you rebel against an oppressive system before a person breaks type of thing. It's a, it's a really well done film. Uh, it It's worth watching if you've never seen it. Any, uh, any other uh, Sean Connery movies that you'd recommend? Uh, like Marnie comes to mind, but I don't know that I'd recommend Marnie. Okay. Yeah. So no. <laughs> Darby O'Gill and the Little People. You there? Yeah, yeah. Like it, Marnie's just one of the Alfred Hitchcock's films that like never landed with me. And when I was going through his catalog, I was like, I'm I'm looking forward. To this. this is the Sean Connery one. This would be cool. And it's I mean, really, North by Northwest is like a better Bond movie uh, than a lot of Bond movies. So since we're not doing a lot about Laundry Wars, uh, it's going to be kind of a scattershot show, I think, at times. I mean... (laughs) Is there anything less interesting than the stakes of, you're going to get a slot on the Survivor Series team? Like, when they announce that, I kind of laugh. Yeah, I want more rewards. I mean, we we say that every year, and they're never going to give it to us. Uh, Not... I'm kind of light in the news section because I avoided basically all news of all kinds. Uh, Matt Jackson kind of dealing with a little bit of an injury going into full gear, thinning ACL, partially torn MCL, which happened during the butcher and blade street fight. When they, he came off through the table, the uh, table leg apparently uh, whacked his knee quite good or the knee went through it. One of the dangers of that, so that might be affecting his mobility. Entering full gear, um, I didn't see anything else that really moved my radar in terms of news. Did you? Uh Kylie Ray. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be the big one. Yeah, Kylie Ray retiring, um, saying that she is no longer a professional wrestler. Was not on the TNA Bound for Glory show. Uh, I have opinions, but they're not worth much. So it's one of those things where you hope she gets the uh, mental help that she's looking for. Yeah, no, I I hope she gets to a better place. Uh, It uh, sounds troubled. Yeah, and I I had speculated it might just be pressure of success, but I I think even that was kind of irresponsible. I did that on a roundtable show over with uh, Throwback and a few Fightful guys. But yeah, it's irresponsible to do it, so... You know, just wish her the best and hope maybe someday she comes back. Because I, I really enjoyed watching her. I, I liked watching her in uh, Rise. I enjoy. I was hoping she'd be a big star in AEW, but I understand the spotlight's not for everybody. And uh, show business, show business is brutal, kids. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't care who you are, even if you're at the top. It's brutal, and those people have problems too. 
you know, you have a concept when you're getting into like rock music um, and touring bands. It's kind of the world I know a little bit better about what it's going to be like when you're backstage, what it's going to be like to be on stage, <laughs> what it is going to be like to interact with musicians, what musicians are like, what the pay is like, what the work is like. And when you get there and you do it and you're backstage and actually in those environments, it's, it's just a very different thing than when you were a kid growing up and you thought, oh, man, you know, being in a rock band is going to be so cool. Um, it, it's going to feel good. It doesn't necessarily. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that's what's going on. Well, I'll give you another, I'll give you another thing. It. Cause it comes from my world. I did stand up from 1991 to about, uh, 2008 ish, I guess off and on for those last eight years. But nevertheless, when I moved out to LA, I, I was doing the circuit. I was doing showcases, all these other things. I went to, I did two industry showcases, um, watched a bunch of others, watching guys that I knew and things like that. And there was one, actually there were two instances. One is a very famous person. I won't name drop for fear of embarrassing him on this one, but one who is not professional comedian had worked for decades and was finally getting his big break. He had been kind of, you know, he's he's the the big guy who had been touring in the Midwest at, at you know for like five or ten years. Comes out to L.A. to do his thing, and he just panicked, and he couldn't remember jokes. He couldn't, re- and he he melted down on the biggest night of his life. And he, I was watching, and there's nothing you can do about that. You're just watching a guy feeling for him while he's searching for this thing he's worked all his life for. And I don't know if it was, you know, what happens if I succeed or what happens if I don't succeed, but both of those can get in your head and really screw with you. And so there's, I mean, I put that on the table for it being the cause of, of her wanting to leave given that was both before, right before the biggest nights of her life or moments of her life. But I I don't know that for a fact. I just know that show business it, it, it what it does is it 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 attracts people who are missing something in terms of self-esteem many times and they think they're going to find it in show business with crowd adulation and things like that and it and it doesn't get there so it it, it won't ever fill you it won't ever fill the hole in your soul so to speak i don't know if you you've kind of witnessed the same in music but i know from acting and and comedy there's a lot of neurotic people in acting and comedy oh yeah no absolutely and like pressure can be good and pressure can make you better but you know there is as you sort of described kind of dueling pressures whenever you're on stage of fear of success and fear of failure at Mm -hmm. the same time and i think at least my own experience is i've 
went into doing radio and I've went into doing music. Uh, it, like now I just like, don't care about failing in music anymore. And I'm also like, I, I guess less worried about it. Um, cause I, my expectations are different and I'm also more confident in my playing and stuff, <laughs> but still worry about it all the time with radio. Oh, first um, day in radio, I turned off the transponder accidentally. <laughs> no, it's like, it's terrifying. Right. And like, you know, as you're trying to grow out a show, um, that's been my experience over the last four years. It's like, on one hand, you're scared of failing, like, you know, launching a Patreon. You're scared, like, what if I launch this thing and no one subs up and I make zero dollars? Like, how embarrassing and, like, soul-crushing and damaging your self-esteem will that be? Then you also get scared of, like, what if I become successful and then, like, you know, I, you know the way media can be where, like, people, we, we stand to cancel these days now. Um, we, we, you know, they, they fall in love with you and then they decide they hate you and, like, do I, do you really want to go through that meat grinder too? Um, I like you, you feel those pressures at all times, kind of at all levels of the climb. Chris, I'm in year six to shake them ropes. I think it is, and uh, the people who tell me I suck most are the people I care about. <laughs> yeah, but I stand you so that I can cancel you. That yeah, that's true. Uh oh. Speaking of being under pressure. Uh, these these WWE shows. Let's, Survivor uh, Series is bringing out the best in this company. There are two people in professional wrestling who get it right now, and everybody else doesn't. Those two people are Eddie Kingston and Pat McAfee. Dear God, do I love me some Pat McAfee. I love so everything about Pat McAfee this week. Yeah. I love the promo. I love the stupid, silly, uh, eventually aborted ceremony for raising the banner to the roof i love the beat down of killian dane i love this guy more than most things i've loved in wrestling in the past 10 years other than maybe the four horse women though the the kings of nxt are so fun i like the already slight friction between mcafee and pete dudd yes uh, i yeah I, I liked I, I mean what mcafee gets is He's this big guy, like he's this big personality, but he also gets subtle and he gets that you can get across plot points and characterization nuances without clobbering someone over the head with them. Like mm -hmm. we get that there's not, okay, Oni and Danny are on the same page with McAfee, but Pete Dunn's he's along for the ride right now, but like it, we also get that the dynamics a little bit different here with Pete Dunn. Yeah, because uh, because Oni and and Danny Birch have become absolute garbage human beings, far too cocky for their position. Now that they're in this gang, they're like we're in a gang, we're invincible, blah blah blah. And Pete Dunn's just kind of there going. I got to have these morons on my team too. <laughs> you know, he's, he's the, he's the, uh, suave professional hitman amongst guys who just want to go in there and shoot it up. That, that's his yeah, thing. Yeah. And McAfee thinks he's using Dunn, but Dunn's using them. Yes. McAfee it, yeah. thinks he's a mastermind. Yes. When, when he's really the Lieutenant here. No, it's, it's a really fun dynamic. Uh, McAfee is never trying to get himself too over anyone's expense. Uh, I even, I mean, like the beatdown of Killian Dane was great because it made Killian Dane look tough. I mean, he went up against this new, well represented faction. They got the better of him and they beat him up ruthlessly at the end. But like, Dane went in there and he was a house of fire during that time. I, I just, that a lot. I loved, I loved McAfee pulling 
done off of Dane, almost like uh, in we'll Tombstone. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, almost in Tombstone, like Curly Bill Broches getting Johnny Ringo not to not to get into yeah. a fight. It's like, whoa, these guys are out of control. Let me let me let me back them up real quick. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no. I I adore the interplay of this, and personally, for me, the thing I want most now is I want I want you to take take the blinders off of Roddy Strong and let him cut a promo on the Kings of NXT. Cause I think that'd be spectacular. Yeah. I'm really excited. It reheats some of these feuds, right? Like Roddy Strong versus Pete Dunn is going to be a really interesting and fun match. And there's just a ton of different dynamics you can explore with that. And you know, uh, Birch and Lorcan as a heel tag team champion, like that's a, it's a good formula. Uh, like, those guys are stiff and rough, and they will be really great foils for the Undisputed Era here. And now for the airing of grievances by Jeff Hawkins. <laughs> Let's start with my one main roster point, because it's the only thing I care about on the main roster. If we're going to rerun Sasha Bailey, why did we have a clean finish, and why was it just a setup for Carmella? Utterly ridiculous on both counts. I mean, the worst part about this is this is even more important than just a rerun. This was about Sasha's first successful yes, title defense. This is this is, should be the biggest thing in Sasha's career right now is successfully <laughs> say that Hawkins successfully defending this title and getting the monkey offer back, getting off the schneid, if you will. And it's just it's it's an opening segment for Smackdown. And a reintroduction of Carmella's segment at the core of it. It's not even really about Bailey and Sasha. It's about moving Sasha on to Carmella. And so, like, no, it's it's bad in many different ways. The scene ends with the introduction of a new character. So we focus on the new character and the new character is the takeaway of the scene, not the actual events of the scene. Chris, I believe take over 30. We get the big reintroduction of the women's division being something special in NXT. We get Tony Storm coming back. And then we get the great reveal of the motorcyclist. I'm probably reversing the, the order of these two, but in comes Ember Moon. And she's going to be a big deal in this division right now. Got that snappy finisher. Got a new haircut, new look, new, new attitude. offensive style. Gets beat. Yeah. Clean. 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 And she doesn't even really work the new offensive style that they were talking about in debuting in the last match. What is the blue hell? It, and, no, Jeff, you got to stick with it. They're probably going to turn her heel because of this. No. <laughs> Well, hold on, <laughs> you know, uh, was that, he, and, 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 and if they did that, that's fine. But it, like, I mean, just again, world of kayfabe here. Why would a wrestler come out, debut a new style one week and then revert to their old style the next week when like the prior week they were flashing the new style. Um, I, I was screaming at my TV and I don't get that involved. I was like, what in the, what was the use of watching any of this for the past three weeks? It, it I, I, you can, oh, well, we're, we'll rebuild her now. No, 
No, you just man, rebuilt the... her. You just reintroduced her. There should there should be no rebuilding at this point. The whole point of this was to give Io Shirai contenders that were gonna hunt her down, and you just killed one. And Dakota Kai, <laughs> of all people in this division, does not be need to be rebuilt right now to be a contender to Io Shirai because they've gone through that feud. Look, I I get what they're thinking. Oh, you see, it was Raquel Gonzalez who helped. <laughs> who helped Dakota Kai, and therefore Dakota Kai doesn't, didn't really get the win here. She cheated, so we should be mad at those two. No. Losing's <laughs> losing. Winning is winning. Yes. Yes, and Triple H knows better than this because this is this is how Curtis oh, Axel He would never want himself booked like this. That's a good yeah, point. Exactly. You know, go, go, back, go backstage and ask HBK and Triple H, hey, if this were you... Is this how you'd want to be treated would, upon your would return? Would you call this a protected finish of Shawn Michaels' 1995 <laughs> tantrum out the building? Then Road Dog kind of, oh, you didn't know? <laughs> Get out of my face. Uh, <laughs> Chris, I've wanted more emotion in wrestling. I've wanted people to care about wins and losses and titles. And you're about to talk about Cameron Grimes. Chris, I have never seen half as many people upset over losing a title as Shotzi Blackheart was over losing this stupid tank. <laughs> Chris, I, I want, I want now, I just, more than anything, I want the dumbest monologue ever from Shotzi. You know, my dad gave me that tank. And then he backed up to take a picture of me in the tank and a bus ran over him <laughs> or something like that. This, this mental breakdown over she a stupid toy. She drives the tank to honor her father, Jeff. Oh my God. I, I hope someday I have a child and they drive a miniature guitar shaped vehicle to honor me because then, then and only then would I know they like me. You see, my dad was in the army, and the tank meant. <laughs> I just, I'm just watching this, and she is having a nervous breakdown. It, by the way, this isn't helping Tony Storm any either. No, <laughs> this is. It's so weird because, like, it was all about Tony Storm's new attitude, and those were the commentary notes, and having this distraction finish, it gets Tony Storm a win. But really what you need to showcase is that, like, Tony's got a new mean streak and Tony should have been, like, she shouldn't have been there and talking with Shotzi at the end of the match at absolute minimum. Yeah. It's like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, like, no. no. You just took advantage of a distraction yeah. to get the pin on Shotzi. Like, oh, are you okay? Like. Sportsmanship now after you get the win. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be graceful in victory. Gotta be graceful in victory. Oh my gosh. I mean, between those three things, my head just exploded. Uh, Gargano is still fantastic, but I am also convinced there, there are two people who are these scream people, right? Right, yeah. No, you've got Indy, and then you... I'm thinking it's Austin Theory. Austin Theory, yeah. yeah. I, I'm thinking that too. I'm thinking like the original scream, there's two ghost face killers. Right, right, uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I think that's absolutely right. Um... I enjoyed the Thatch's Thatch can thing still. Uh, it's weird that they're actually, like, making Andrew a thing. Um, I think but, his name but, now is Austin Gray. 
Yeah, now it was originally he, Andrew oh, you Green. Know what? He he was actually introduced as Austin. It's just that Thatcher kept mangling his name. Oh, uh, oh, how quickly is he? How quickly is he going to be getting rid of that name, Austin? Because people might get confused with three sixteen. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> He's oh, just going to oh, be great. No, better yet, Jeff. Uh, in a few weeks, uh, the kid that we used to see on TV will be known only as Theory. <laughs> You'll have Riddle oh, and Theory. Oh, there we go. We have two Austins. That's right. We can't have that anymore. Theory and Riddle. Theory and Riddle. Oh, my goodness. Riddle Theory. <laughs> Riddle Theory. Oh, my goodness. It makes oh. you think. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the the whole build of Maverick and Dane just to have that beatdown feels like we've invested a little yeah, too much. I, I, I mean... Again, I liked the way they got the toughness heat back on Dane, but this is sort of a dead end for Maverick and Dane here. Like, and they don't need to be broken up at this point, but they also do not need to be getting the win over the Kings of NXT. Uh, oh, to, oh, to get the call back now. Oh my gosh, is that the zombie referee? <laughs> oh. God. But no, no, even better though, Jeff, is the way they explain how the zombie is not actually a zombie. Like, like to, to bring up that point, uh, th that was, uh, you were talking about points where you're screaming at your TV. I screamed at my TV over that because I was like, it is a expletive deleted kayfabe world. What does that even mean then? <laughs> like, 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 yes, the zombies were real. What is that crap then? Like, you... It's fantasy within a fantasy. I'm hoping for a Walking Dead story where a zombie is in the performance center and infecting people at this point. If we're going to make this real, let's go all the way. This would be an, another oddly meta angle for WWE. I think they have some of that backstage. Um, do you want to talk about... Uh, no, I want to do more zombie jokes for a second. I want okay, them no, all... Yeah, more zombie uh, jokes. I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, I want them all to go forever as soulless, brainless wrestlers repeating the same angles over and over again. How would you know it was any different Except from what you were seeing on your television screen from week to week, Jeff? <laughs> maybe maybe I'm a zombie viewer for the past 20 years where I've just Dude, been... Dude, it feels like I'm a zombie viewer for at least... like My... Ever since the post-Daniel Bryan period, where this company wanted very like heavily to just entirely focus on Roman Reigns and the project of making us love him as a babyface, um, it it does sort of feel like they they write angles and nerf angles in a way that you just can simply never, even if it's your two favorite wrestlers, Bailey and Sasha, they do things that just keep you from like loving what you're watching, even if you like love those two performers. All right, before I make another crack, let's uh. Give thanks to our sponsor here real quick. Uh, my bookie between the NFL and college ball, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. Don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, except the Bengals or the Jets. And you, and you do, too. 
<laughs> game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action. Start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at my bookie, and when you do, use our promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S, to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S, for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, which are now expired, but I believe Chris was asking for the code this week. Yeah, I had a friend who actually ended up making some prop bets. Nice! Uh, I, I tried to guide her through um i i like I, I, i'll have to ask her how it works given the fact that things are still ongoing but um she I bets think, she bet I, politics did she yeah, yeah she bet state outcomes um like and and rather rather than just like pure polls or whatever we we're actually kind of like looking at like what the actual odds were and trying to be a little bit more savvy and you know just um so like you know if georgia plays out i think she'll be doing okay all the major sports and more. Sign up today. Begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Once again, that code R-O-P-E-S. And we thank them for sponsoring us. And we thank Chris's friend for using the code. So maybe they'll come back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back to back to Wednesday night. Between Chris Jericho screaming at me in commentary all night and then flipping on NXT and having Beth literally yell. Oh my gosh, that's the zombie referee. <laughs> I I'm just going to I'm just going to watch these things on mute, I think, until I get promos. Uh, the one nice note on commentary was that it was nice to hear Jim Ross actually seem engaged for a second uh and not sleepwalking through the shows when Moxley and uh Eddie Kingston was happening. Like you could tell that, that Ross was actually enjoying himself. Uh Real quickly, uh, SmackDown, because we don't have much other main roster stuff to hit here. Um, I, what, you don't want to talk about retribution this week? My boy, <laughs> my boy, Mr. Jack. Is, Mr. Jack. Uh, Mr. Jack's on a bit of cold spell, but it, 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 he also got his heat back this week, if memory recalls. So his he, first name's Slap? Yeah, Slap. Did, did they call him Slappy? As a nickname, <laughs> not not if not unless you want to be on the uh, like slappy the white? receiving end of the jack, <laughs> my friend. Uh, yeah. So still in the that. hockey mask, though. Still in the hockey mask. Still, oh man, that mask. <laughs> that, that mask is fantastic. <laughs> okay, go um, ahead. Sorry. No, uh, Jay Uso um, is, is sort of like I mean, it's the thing that can keeps me watching SmackDown because like I like. I liked the Roman angle-ish. Um, like, I, what I liked this week, you know, kind of like what we were just saying about Bailey and Sasha, how there's just stuff that kind of keeps you a little icy. Jay's performance and his character kind of is still weird. Um, but, like, I like how much of a dick Roman is now. I like that he's actually the one in charge. I and like that, that too. I'm glad and that Heyman is kind of a consigliere, but he's still a lackey at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it it looked like initially Heyman was pulling the strings, and now we see that no, it's Roman who is pulling the strings here, and um, that Heyman was telling the truth. He's the one that's corrupting me. Yeah, in a way. Uh, yeah, no, I I mean it's not wrong. Uh, it, we, now this does put this it puts an interesting wrinkle into what's really going on inside Roman's head, like because it, it was easier before when it was Paul corrupting roman like that, that explains the mental motivations and now we have a new open question 
of what's going on in his head. It doesn't need to be answered like this week or next week, but it does need to be answered at some point, and it needs to be answered in some sort of way that's satisfactory. As opposed to last week where we had something really to sink our teeth into, NXT UK, I thought was just a show. You know, okay, like the opening match was entertaining. Like I, I liked watching Sam Gradwell and Pretty Deadly versus Gallus. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I, there's no stakes to it or anything like that. But like, it was well worked. Joe Coffey can still go. Like, I, I enjoyed Joe Coffey's match style. Um, but you're right. Like, there's nothing to the Aaliyah James match. Uh, other than Piper Niven showing some edge and like an attempt to make the Kaylee Ray Piper Niven thing make sense. Oh. Um, Eddie Dennis continues to be like the champion of promos. Um, mm-hmm. cause like he does really good promos. We, we have not loved the, in front of the curtain stuff, but like this promo with him in the hunt was cool. Uh, I liked that. And then the rounds match does nothing for me. Um, yeah, I, I would I just, agree. I, I think yeah, Eddie I, Dennis is really, you know, I, I love the guy, um, on promos. I look, I didn't like what the dragon <laughs> get up he the had dragon. before. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, his, his wrestling, you know, I, I, his gear is improved. Yeah, so better. No, I and, and I like, look, if he's managing the hunt and he's this, like, brooding guy fuming on the outside um, while the hunt is going crazy on the inside and he also has this power to real quickly just hold his finger up to his mouth and, like, bring them to a calm, it's a very mm-hmm. good and powerful visual image. And it's kind of like what we were talking about with McAfee. We're like the writing and the execution on this gets that like subtlety conveys a bigger message here when, when the promo ends and uh, Eddie Dennis just shushes uh, the shushes. You have boar and primate just go from like kind of frothing energy to tame. Um, I liked that. Let me throw an idea out to you and this might not be for a while, but eventually Let's say we we get through this program with Eddie Dennis and the Hunt. We want maybe we want we want to turn the Hunt back face or whatever. Eddie Dennis with the grizzled young veterans. Oh, I'd love that. I think that'd be great. Um, Eddie Dennis and yeah. and Zach on on promos, I think together would be great on this show. Just as an uber heel type of crew, because it needs it. Because Walter's not doing a lot of promos. Imperium's not either. You know, we we, we kind of need that deficit of Imperium, right? Like they're a great faction. They have a great look. The match style is great. Um, Wolf, I like him. I like, but having someone who can sort of definitively be the strong mouthpiece is the one thing that Imperium lacks. And it's not ideal given Walter's style to have him be the talker. It's not that he can't talk. He's a good promo. Uh, it's just like him as the strong silent type works so much better for what they're trying to do. Well, there's not a lot to talk about in WWE, so let's do a full gear preview just for craps and giggles and to fill time because the people want it and, uh, get out of here. We'll be able to talk a lot about this, uh, quick update. <clears throat> I did Warren Hayes' show with a preview So a lot of those opinions of mine will be the same, but I get the chance to talk to Chris, who has a different perspective. So we will see if we still agree or not on these types of things. Nine matches on the card. Couple matches moved around a bit. On the, uh, I guess it'll be called the buy-in. We'll call it the pre-show. 
The NWA World Women's Championship is being defended. Serena Deeb, your champion, taking on Allison Kay, fresh off her run in the NWA. Uh, I think they just changed the title not that long ago, so I think Deeb's going to win. Um, Allison Kay's okay. Uh, I like Deeb. Uh, I like Deeb's on, on this new... Ever since the second May Young Classic, she got hired as a trainer for WW for NXT, pretty much. Um, I I'm liking this kind of uneasy relationship between the NWA and AEW because I think the NWA kind of needs it right now to even stay afloat. Oh yeah, no, I, I think this is this is good for them, but I also think it expands out AEW's universe a little bit in a constructive way. Good to have more rest. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast 
Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, Passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys, reach in my pocket, or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door vehicles yeah aew needs depth in the women's department allison k can provide that but i see her kind of as a gatekeeper type which is fine i think this match will be pretty good um i think serena deep has to maintain it just for now and i think eventually they start building up these kind of aew nwa rivalries in the women's division just to just keep that division fresh because it needs a lot of work right now it needs help Oh, yeah, Quite that's the, that's the other thing. AEW is definitely getting something out of this where they are getting uh, an augment into their women's division. And, like, you know, the NWA relationship, you're thinking about who's been in the NWA orbit. That includes people like Ricky Starks. That includes people like Eddie Kingston. There have been a lot of really good, like, ex-NWA talents that have come into AEW and been part of that and brought a seriousness to AEW that I think the show needs. And I think in the case of the AEW women's division, uh, you can't have Nyla Rose constantly have the same three matches every week. I mean, I guess you can, and they're certainly experimenting with that, but I wouldn't. We will get to her 
in a bit. Uh, moved from the buy-in to the main card, Orange Cassidy taking on John Silver in a singles match. I'll go first on this one. This is going to be comedy, 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 work rate, work rate, work rate, comedy, 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 run to the finish, work rate. It's no reason to beat Orange Cassidy here. John, John Silver, I love. I love the Beaver Boys. I love them in the Dark Order. They've they've parlayed, <laughs> they've parlayed the fact that John Silver can't corpse in a sketch or can't stop from corpsing in a sketch into him being now a star, which boggles the mind at times as a comedian. But uh, yeah, I think Orange Cassidy wins here. Oh yeah, no, uh, Silver versus Orange. I think Orange wins. Okay, I just wondered if you had any thoughts on John Silver and his character. No, I, I think he's funny. I think your description of the match is absolutely apt. There will be a couple cool few spots. They will be doing mostly a comedy-flavored match. Um, I think the comedy and stuff will land really well with AEW's audience uh, and, and the people who kind of like, like what they're doing. Uh, I think it's... A misstep for Orange Cassidy because it's kind of like, all right, is he the funny guy or is he like a top of the card actual world champion type of material? Um, and he like I, the tension to me is sort of like if he's top of the card world champion material, he shouldn't be having matches with guys like John Silver, not because yeah, it's John, like a stop yeah. start type thing because right. it's like okay, we've built him up to, into this Cody match to be a real hot dog, you know. Main event player, same with the Moxley match, I believe, or or there was another match in there for another title. I forget what it was, but no, he, oh, he even the Jericho Moxley match. match yeah, yeah, Jericho match too. Yeah, it, it's it's like okay, do you want this guy to be a star? Or do you want him to be a best friend? Because you got to go one way or another. It's there's just two different tracks, um, mm-hmm. and so like that's my only like I don't think it's going to be a bad match. I just think win or lose. Um, obviously losing would be worse. Win or lose, this is a misstep for Cassidy's character. Agreed. Um, in another probably comedy match, probably a cinematic match, uh, Matt Hardy taking on Sammy Guevara in, in the Elite Deletion match. I believe this is going to be a Hardy ca- compound type thing. Uh, interesting. I, I, I wonder how cinematic matches are going to be received now in AEW now that WWE is kind of uh turning this turning this horse into glue so to speak and not having Jeremy Borash as kind of a creative force behind it I, I yeah I, go I mean, go ahead ho- hopefully Hardy has an actual sort of like narrative that he wants to do with Guevara I I mean this angle is very cold for me and I, especially after the last match and the way the last match went off, I, I, I just have no interest in seeing this match. I think what they're going to try and accomplish here is Matt Hardy is going to win this match. Right. But I think Sammy Guevara is going to be very valiant in defeat because it appeared on Wednesday they're going to tease a babyface turn for him. So I think they're going to continue to build on that. Yeah. Um, and when that, that gets into the other issue of like the inner circle MJF stuff where we will get to that. Yes. Um, but overall, I think, uh, for quality control sake, they want to do this, especially after, uh, look at, at, at all in what happened during this match sucked the energy out of the entire pay-per-view 
Jeff, they've had two incidences like this in like between the last pay per view and this one. You had the Matt Hardy incident, and then you had the one with uh, the guy laying prone in the ring for like. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like they no, they they absolutely one hundred percent cannot have a third one. No, I, I I would agree there. So there's. I believe this has probably already been taped, to be honest with you. But uh, don't quote me on that, because I don't know exactly what an elite deletion match will be. Ah, for the AEW Women's World Championship, the champion Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero. Chris, I will let you opine first on whatever you'd like in this match. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, it's a match I've been waiting to see for what feels like years. I uh, never thought it would happen. Uh, I think Nyla Rose has to prevail because you've paired her with Vicky Guerrero and there's nowhere to go, which will lead us to a Nyla Rose championship reign. And again, what new horizons will Nyla Rose climb to this time? Yeah, let me state this. Hikaru Shida is a pretty good champion, in my opinion. The problem is they're trying to make her get over by talking. That's not working either. She's kind of a Bret Hart character. She gets over by being scrappy and technical. And you got to put in people with more charisma in the ring with her. Vicky Guerrero adds nothing to Nyla Rose. I hate to oh, say that. No, Vicky Guerrero doing the Sumimasen thing was very questionable, too. That? The fact that she's a member Berry's character, where she's just doing her WWE gimmick and they haven't changed it at all, is very disappointing. And Nyla Rose... Nyla Rose is improved in the ring. Nyla Rose is great at garbage matches. Nyla Rose's character hasn't done anything except be the bully the whole time. So it's like, okay, we're going to give her the belt again, and we're going to try, try to have to find a baby face to build in the midst of this when you're only too... She's Baron perf- Corbin almost. It's not that like she has bad matches, but they're like... Uh, they're 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 a match. Like she has she has a match that's well executed. But here are the mo- two most over women in the division: Britt Baker, <laughs> yep. and and Sheeta. Okay, Britt Baker's not going to challenge Nyla Rose, I don't think, unless you're going to try and build that heel versus heel thing. Chris Statlander's still on crutches. Last I checked, and I don't think Statlander's ready. For the monster babyface push just yet. Makes no sense to turn Penelope Ford. Makes no sense to turn Penelope Ford. Thunder Rosa isn't on the roster. Serena Deeb, maybe you could do that. Feed her to Nyla. But which, which is I, crazy I, though, because she's a champion. Like, like you're talking about feeding a champion to another champion because you don't have a better thing to do. But you could build Serena to be a threat to Nyla Rose as opposed to feed. You know, you know what I mean no, by I, when no, I say I get feed it, her. But like, it's just so silly as the first title defense to go to burn the champion versus champion angle. Like, like that speaks to the weakness of this division. This entire division does not have any personality. Except maybe Brandy Rhodes, who you don't want in the ring all that often. Everyone who has personality is a heel. It does yes. not have a baby face who has personality. And where you're getting into real issues now is like, you can't... Sheeta has had every match she more or less can. Um, like, she's done the she's done the Penelope Ford match. She's done, uh, she's done Nyla Rose. Uh, she's done... Uh, I mean, the only person, the uh, Dark Order. She didn't have a uh, Dark Order match. Anna J. Anna J. Yeah. 
Um, you have like, Tinara Conti out there, but she's kind of in the doghouse after elbowing Abaddon in the throat. Oh, sure, sure. Um, um, Abaddon big, was a babyface, right? No, I don't no. think so. I think she was a heel. I think she was a zombie <laughs> heel. Oh, my God, yeah, you know, a zombie you know, heel. You, you know, you just need heels. You don't actually need faces. Big Swole? All she's been shown to do is dance and be angry. Yeah, Big Swole is not the person I want working 20-minute matches on my pay-per-view. Um, Little Swole is, though. Go sign Nicole Savoy, please. Because she also has the ability to talk, and that's that's what you need to build this division. You need someone who can talk other than Britt Baker, because Britt Baker's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But you need more than one talker in a division. And she's also... The comedy upper mid-card heel. She's yeah. not like the dominant Nick Bockwinkle champion character. That's not what she's doing right now. I think you're exactly right on that. You need someone with a little bit of heft to them. Yeah, and, and, I, and Rose is not that person either. No. Especially not paired with Vicky Guerrero. If she was paired uh, with a different manager... Yes! That that would honestly make a world... Of, like, let's say Nyla Rose was paired with Taz. Just or or Tully Blanchard. Blanchard, yeah, like anyone. Or but Jake. But but the, the gravitas of the manager makes a big difference here, um, and this division very much needs that. But the, but beyond the Nick Bockwinkle classic heel with gravitas, they need a face who can talk, who is cool, who people want to hang out with. The energetic baby face. The, under, the scrappy baby face. The baby face who can get everybody fired up. She does okay at that. She's but, okay at that, but like Tony Storm's yes. brand of baby facing. Yeah. <laughs> Kylie Ray would be great here. Uh, um, no, I no, there there is a real there's a niche definitely for a character like hers. Sure. Yes. Just I maybe the sea stars will come over and you can make them spunky baby faces, because you know, I think they'd be great at that too. I like them a lot. Uh yeah, so I have. I think Nyla Rose takes the title off of. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe we get the return of Riho. Whoopty crap! I, I, I don't, I don't. There's your underdog, spunky, scrappy baby face. But she can't talk. <laughs> and her and Sheeta are almost interchangeable in that, in that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I, was... I know. Their pluses and minuses, if you just put them on paper, are really, really similar. Right. You know. I mean, I, I'd, ki- I'd kill for them to sign Julia. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. She's fantastic. Uh, okay, so now we're starting to get into the uh, meat and potatoes section of the pay-per-view. Let's start with Chris Jericho versus MJF with Wardlow. MJF wins. He is allowed to join the inner circle. God. Uh, thinking about this angle in its totality... Um, I think MJF wins. Uh, I don't think this is about Jericho getting his heat back or anything like that. I think MJF obviously wins, and I think yeah. he cheats to do it. Yeah, and right, then right, I, sure. And then I think the story becomes, Chris, you've been in a band. I've been in improv groups. We, we've all lived through this kind of thing. We start We start this group, start to build it. Then one day you're sitting around talking and going, you know what? We got rid of this one weak spot right here. We'd be a great group right now. So I think that's what MJF starts doing in the inner circle. I think he gets rid of Sammy. 
I think he gets rid of Jake Hager and brings in Wardlow to be part of the inner circle. Then I think eventually he usurps Jericho and proud and powerful back MJF's play. I think that's how this goes. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I yeah, it, right. Uh, the the whole we're kind of split on this thing right now. No, you are seeing proud and powerful kind of wavering here. They were room. a little bit too vociferous in the objection to having MJF in there, so that kind of leads me to think they're going to be in on it eventually. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Oh, I forgot. It's because Sammy. Wait, Sammy wasn't okay with it. Who was okay with it? I thought they were the ones who were okay with it. Or like Santana was and Ortiz wasn't or something like yes, that. Yes, that that's what it was. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I don't I don't know that they know. Um, I it it's so sticky. Um, you know, like we're talking about wrong direction stuff with the Orange Cassidy here, and like the MJF is another example of like, it, are we building him up or are we moving him down? This is a guy that needs edge, right. and instead they're kind yeah. of doing comedy with him. Yeah, yeah, he and he had that with Wardlow. He had his big heavy. Um, you know, he had his million dollar man gimmick, and I just, uh, I yeah, he wins. Yeah, he he wins. Jericho loses. Speaking of things that need a little bit more of an edge, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood, the tag team champions taking on the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. The Young Bucks lose. They were never challenged for the AEW World Tag Team Championship again. Tully Blanchard is banned from ringside. Now, I've I've spoken of my disappointment, FTR, in terms of I want them to be the punch, kick, break legs, break arms. They take wrestling seriously. You and they the come NXT and, run of FTR. Hmm? You want the NXT run of FTR. Yes. Yeah. And they've come. They've come. After years of trash talking to take on the cocky high flyers who call themselves the best tag team in the world. And unfortunately, what we have now is we have unclear heels in the, in the young bucks who were, they tried to baby just for this match alone. And we have kind of, uh, heels that do great choreography in the ring. I still love their matches, but it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like they're the old school mechanics of NXT. No, and they're also frankly. like not entirely unlikable and not entirely unsympathetic either. Like they're heels and like they definitely do heelish stuff and like dickish stuff, but like you don't hate them either. I, right. The, yeah, the truck it, angle really kind of cooled them off a bit, I think. Absolutely. No, that was so silly. That was such a silly Tully's kind of giving them a little bit more of an edge, but I'd like to see one of those two guys step it up on the mic and give a little bit more edge as well. Uh, the truck angle is a really good illustration though, of where they have not quite been committed to the project of making FTR unlikable and like That's, having them come in as like Adam Page's buddy. Like they, they just Chris, this he, should be the biggest match on the card. Quite oh, I frankly. Know. Like, and like I, this should be a, a very hot angle, but like it, it almost, inserting the it felt like the young bucks were inserted into this just because they spent so much time and energy making the young bucks a heel tag team up to it including injuring tony shivani um to only turn around and you know have nick jackson be this figure of sympathy by doing an injury angle and them saying we'll never challenge for the titles again uh it it feel like stipulation wise the stipulation feels hot shotted and unearned 
it feels narratively desperate, like we need to make the Bucks obviously the sympathetic figures here, so we're just going to tack on this stipulation um, rather than it being a narrative plot point that you earned, um, or maybe better, you have FTR demand that if the Young Bucks want to have this match, then they have to make this agreement. Um, it, it just it it should be an okay match, but this angle has been at best sloppily written. Um, but uh, but I would say poorly written. So who leaves the champions? I think FTR does, especially uh, given what you were saying earlier about the injury report, uh, Matt Jackson actually being injured. I think, and I don't know this for a fact, because they rarely do DQ finishes. I could see Tully Blanchard coming out there and trying to screw the Bucks, and and, the, and then the Bucks winning by DQ, and that way they don't have to move the belt. Sure, sure. And the Young Bucks don't have to do this, and we can put it off for a later time when Matt's healed up. Because I think Tully Blanchard has to show up during this match, even though he's quote-unquote banned. Right, I, right. Which is also a stipulation that was not really earned. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if anything, he would be banned from ringside from, like, Sean Spears matches because he's always, sh- like, sliding Spears the loading, you know, the stuff to load up his glove. Yeah, I just... I, there's a lot going on in this thing, and I think a lot of it's going to be interconnected amongst members of the elite. Uh, so that's the other thing too, dude. Is like the elite characters. I find uh, I find all of their personalities to be grating at this point. Well, like, then let's go on and do it. Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega in the Eliminator Tournament final match. Winner's gonna get a future AEW World Championship match. You have the emo drunk cowboy versus the over the top heel. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I like I I liked Adam. There there was a sweet spot here uh, in the last few months where I was like Adam Page. I'm really getting into this guy. I enjoy him. Um, but I like the Evo drunk thing. It it it, it is nowheresville for me. It, it is just a it's a nothing characterization. Um, I think who's champion right Moxley? I think Omega wins. The Omega wins, and that that kind of gets Moxley moving on to his next thing here, which is going to be Moxley versus Omega, which is an interesting and different kind of flavor of feud. Um, what do you think? Do you do you think it's Page winning? My fear about this match is that it's going to get really histrionic. Oh yeah, and it's going to be oh. Can Adam Page hurt his friend? It's gonna be Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Oh no, I think it's gonna be even better. I think I think they're both gonna break down and start crying. Like, like well, like, you think and, Omega's gonna start yeah, crying? Yeah, no, I, th- no. I think because because Omega's gonna want to act too. He like I get that it doesn't make a lot of sense, but but Kenny Omega's a guy who likes to do his acting. Um, and and yeah, I could totally see them like mostly crying and stuff. No, I mean, not oh yeah, mostly. like fake crying for Omega. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it might be fake. It, it, like he basically takes advantage of Adam Page's tears, but yeah, no, like there'll be like these like I'm sorry, I love you spots and stuff. I, you know, I think the correct way to go is for Adam Page to get born again hardcore during this match, become Mister Cowboy shit again, beat Kenny, and then Kenny beats the crap out of him after the match which will then eventually work as itself as an injury as to a yeah. reason why Adam page loses against Moxley. And then we can finally get the, the final form of heel Kenny, as opposed to dopey goofball heel. 
you know, I, which I, I think they're going to go with anyways. But I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Omega to channel his inner Shane Douglas, Ric Flair, Nick Bockwinkle, main event heel, not playing goofiness to the back of the room type thing. Yeah, no, because there is a main event character performer in there. It's just like his sensibilities right now are making a satire out of all the things that he does that are main event level. His, his instincts are cartoons Yeah, and you can tell, and you can tell. And it's like, Oh, he wants to scenery to here. He's going to be, this is going to be his Pacino moment. And I, you know, I hope no, they and don't and do a lot of e- like anime style acting too. Like, yes. like yeah, you, you see you, the, the way emotions are portrayed in animes. Um, the big, ah, those kind of like screamy faces and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, no, you definitely see that a lot in Omega's performance. Singles match for the AEW TNT championship. Cody Rhodes now having his last name with Arn Anderson versus Darby Allen. I have a bit of a flag to knit here, Chris. You know the territories. I grew up with territories. When they created television belts in the territories, it was because most shows were squash matches and promos, and it gives people the chance to see a main event level match without having to go to the arena because they may not be there for a while, but it's also to help drive you to the arena to watch main event matches because, oh, Hey, you can watch a match as good as this. Watch the show. I, I mean, back in the day, like, especially if the TV champion was someone cool, it might be the difference between me watching the Saturday WCW Saturday night and not watching it just to see the TV title match. When the era of pay-per-view came on, Television titles would be defended on the pay-per-view. Which goes against the very nature of why you had a television championship. Now, Chris, this is the AEW TNT Championship. Is this show on TNT? It sure is, Jeff. No, it's not. Oh, are you talking I thought you were talking about Dynamite. I thought you were talking No, this match is on pay-per-view. Okay, so like oh then look at you making me look terrible. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't do you, that. You, I asked no, you an you open-ended question. I thought you knew the you answer to. You post. You can't just, like, whatever. That's fine. I'm a professional. <laughs> I'll rise above it. Um, WCW back in the nineties, um, the way they started explaining the television title being defended on pay-per-views is that they would say like the TV title is defended on every television program, which is the other problem with the TNT TV title. It is not defended every week. Right. This is the TNT championship to be defended on TNT. Look, if you're going to make a secondary title, that's fine. It's just. They, it's they, neither they a themselves... TNT title nor a television title. Yes, they bought. They themselves bought into the lineage of this whole thing. And now it's just goofy. Um, I, I think there's an obvious path they're going to go here, but I want to hear what you think of this match. Um, so. I think Cody turns heel big time on Darby Allen during this match. Uh, and Arn helps him cheat to win. I think that's the path here. I don't think Darby prevails. I agree. Cody Rhodes has the oddest charisma for me personally watching it because he starts on these expository promos. And I just go, oh, here we go again. Here's the WWE style. 
And by the time he finishes, I am wrapped up in a feud of his. And I'm, and I'm amazed by that, Chris. It's what I like to call debate club uh, charisma. I, I didn't expect to like him, he may, but he makes a solid case and lawyers me into the building every time. And he did on Wednesday as well. I think with Arn Anderson slugging Orange Cassidy during that match, yes, Cody is going to go full heel here. Now, who he ends up with, who knows? I think Darby Allen eventually gets some help to help counter Arn Anderson in the form of, and this is kind of me cheating, but a news item that came across this week is that the WWE store has pulled all Sting merchandise. This would indicate that Sting is no longer with the company. I could see Sting helping Darby Allen in some way. Now, I don't think it'll be this night, necessarily, because I think what they're going to do is they're going to establish Cody as the heel they're going to screw Darby Allen, although they do have a crowd there, so they may want to crown Darby here. I give that credit, but I think Darby wins the title on the second try because they've, they've had to reestablish Darby as a babyface after almost turning him heel originally, which is another thing that boggles the mind. But uh, do you think Darby takes the title here after two or three weeks of Cody being the champion? No, I think it's too soon, especially if you want to, one, establish Sting, and two, establish that Cody's now a heel. And to your point earlier, and this is what I think is the most compelling evidence that we are doing something longer with the title reign, it, you had that point of characterization where Arn Anderson attacked Orange Cassidy during the match. Um, I, I, we, the title needs to be on Cody Rhodes a little bit longer. I, I mean to the point I would have turned him heel without the title, but it, you know, like it, it makes him sense. The title becomes the motivation for him. It's his precious. Cody has said that for factions and stuff like that, they're kind of looking at the new Japan model. Is it possible that we're going to kind of have a heel elite and we're going to have another heel group and maybe Tully and Arn are joining forces right now. And it's going to be Cody and FTR. Oh, it's certainly possible. Um, and maybe Sean uh, Spears. You know, I, you, as I said earlier, you don't actually need baby faces. You just need heels. Yeah, because who, need, who needs a baby like face? Baby faces. Yeah, why? Why do people look? Most people are terrible people at heart, given their own devices. You know, we'll just make everybody slight shades of black and just send them out there and be greedy and stuff. We don't need good guys. We just need anti-heroes. You know, I wish a, like a pro wrestling company would, instead of doing it inadvertently, actually just like completely embrace it and go all in on it. It's just like a federation entirely of the worst people in the world. Isn't that Lucha Underground in a way? <laughs> yeah, no, but they actually, no, it's like Lucha Underground was good at, at, at having clear points of like baby face. That's true. Yeah, That's even true. if you didn't like Sexy Star, like they booked her like a baby face. Just like a gritty 70s type promotion that's bringing in a bunch of like Mr. Wrestlings and assassins yeah, and yeah, right. yeah. Abdullah the, the, the Butcher. Mangler. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> those type of characters. It's like it's like it's like the Island of Misfit Toys meets the Legion of Doom and everybody's just there for money. 
power. And then, you know, you just set them off. Uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm all Assassin for like, 2 versus the Mangler in the main event of my Federation. You That's know, you, you have your Ric yeah. Flair type of characters in there who are, you know, they're solid workers and they can scrap, but they're yeah. kind of pretty boys at the same time. Yeah, yeah. give me Hollywood, everything. Hollywood Moneybags McGee versus like ex-prison Mike. These are the main events of my Federation. Once again, it shocks me that the two best. Uh, how do I put this? The two things that draw me to wrestling right now are a guy who wasn't even with this company two months ago and a former punter. But here we are, Eddie Kingston with a money promo on Wednesday. I am here for this, man. Boy, what a Mox- great promo this was. Like, like and-, I, and on Wednesday, my head was not fully in the game when I was watching this. And I, I said when we taped this tonight, I wanted to go back and rewatch the show. And I am so glad I did because my head was in it this time. And like, bro, what a man, Kingston. He's so great. He's so good. And Moxley was really good for his part, too. Um, I mean, the issue with Moxley's not on the microphone for me. Um, it's been the matches, but like, I, it's so compelling. Um, unlike other stipulations and stuff that I have complained about at length on this show and in prior episodes, and will continue to in the future, because so often we just throw out stipulations and they have no meaning or merit. In the case of this feud, there is so much meaning and so much merit to the I Quit match, and they did even more during this promo to really hit that home in subtle ways. But just uh, Moxley needling Kingston about his mother and I, mm-hmm. everything about this. Oh, so good, so rich. There's real heat. People in wrestling do not market hate enough for my liking. I think there needs to be real hatred in wrestling, or at least I need to believe it, as opposed to I get a title opportunity. No, I hate the champ. I'm going to take the title from them because I hate their friggin' guts. How about that? You know, that kind of thing. I, I think like this Moxley m- using his love for Kingston as a weapon against him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great babyface play. And I think this is going to have the appropriate tone for a match, too. I yeah. think, look, th- I don't think they're going to go full old school and you can put the mic in somebody's mouth. Ha, 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 no, no. <laughs> they take the mic away. But I think there's going to be two guys trying to beat the crap out of each other with a lot of stuff. And I think it's going to be a vicious street fight all around this building. Until one guy gives up. I don't think Eddie Kingston's getting the title here. I know people are saying, well, maybe it's just a temporary thing while Mox goes to Japan. I don't see it. I think Moxley retains, but I think it's going to be a hell of a match. I think there's going to be some chicanery going on from probably the Lucha Brothers. Maybe Butcher and Blade as well. No, 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 no. Pat. No. Pack? Pack's gonna call. I think Pack's gonna cost Kingston the match here. Oh, Kingston. Wa- okay. Yeah. If you watch the, that Pack promo, Pack's clearly bothered by Kingston, and where Kingston's going next is to Pack. That'd be a nice surprise for him to show up in the states. I don't know if he's still quarantining or not, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna love the hell out of this match, and I can feel it. But I think Moxley oh, yeah. retains. Yeah. No. No. I. I mean, like, it, they're the reason people think that Kingston might get the title here is of the highest praise for Kingston performance, which is that Eddie Kingston is a world champion level talent. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been saying that for a while now. Uh, Eddie Kingston rocks. And I think this match is going, you know, like 
sometimes the Moxley outside of the ring match doesn't doesn't hit me, but like with Kingston and Moxley, the tone of this feud, um, what it dictates, it's actually perfect for Mox's match style, and I, yeah, I think this match is going to deliver. I'm really looking forward to seeing this one. We'll put a prop bet in here. How long do you think Cody versus Darby is going to go, and at what at what minute mark will Cody blade? <laughs> oh, oh, Cody blades uh, before the ten minute mark. Cody blades like six to eight minutes in. At okay, the I have it as a twenty minute match, and he blades at the ten mark. But... Yeah, <laughs> Cody blades at the two. Uh, yeah, like, no. Um, and I think I had the match. Yeah, coming in around. I, maybe under 20. So I, I was thinking, originally I was going to say 13 to 15. Maybe that's a little short. Maybe it's more like 15 to 18. Okay, cool. Uh, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be plenty of blood in this match <laughs> and it'll help se- sell it as well in terms of Moxley and Kingston. And I think you don't need any more blood up and down the card. Jericho and MJF may push for it, but uh, who knows? I'll be looking forward to this. That's going to do it for us. I think Chris, unless you got something else. I don't know. That's the main event. That's it. We, that's all we got. Cool. You can follow me at crap game 13. You follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I almost said at Dr. Nov because I have that in my head. And I said that once And just follow the show at shake them ropes. Uh, it's been a, it's been a week of politics. Chris covers politics. Chris will tell you about his podcast. Yeah. So don't worry about the government can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm now putting up video versions of the show, which you can, if you support the show, you can get the full video version of the podcast over at patreon.com slash DWATG. There's also a video adjunct, which you can check out over on YouTube. Uh, Search for the Don't Worry About the Government YouTube channel or go to my Twitter account or the Don't Worry About the Government Twitter account at DWATG, and you can find the link right there. It's honestly the quickest way right now as we're climbing our way up the algorithm. But um, if you want to see video versions of the show, uh, video clips, I'm like doing like, you know, a little 25, 30 minute shows here once or twice a week on the video side, and you can go and check that out. So do it. And Chris, just a quick update here from our decision desk. Rufus T. Firefly has been appointed the head of Fredonia. Mm. <laughs>